listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Ah, yes, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday evening. Man, we've got action. Coach K in his home uh, finale. I almost said debut. That would be the opposite of this. His home finale here at Cameron Indoor. And the Dukies finally getting uh, going over here. Have a seven-point lead. Rough start. But uh, 42 years, big man. Coach K at Duke. And this is the final season and the final game at Cameron Indoor. It's crazy. Yeah, it's historic. You know, uh, what Coach K has not only meant to Duke, but to college basketball. Um, I mean, it's, you know, we, you see these types of, uh, of coaches, historical coaches go, uh, you know, most notably Dean Smith, um, Bobby Knight, all, all of these tremendous coaches that we get to see every week because they're basically on TV. They're like pro teams. Uh, and then it's the end of an era, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it does you know that that ticket is one of the hottest tickets on on the planet Earth to try to try and get. So, it's you know it's it's bittersweet. Yeah, it is, and like you mentioned it, it's going for more than or it went for more than Super Bowl tickets, right? We're talking upwards of fifty thousand dollars for the higher end, which is crazy for- to me. I, I mean, I don't. <laughs> <That's> I, <right. laughs> For wow. Coach K's finale, yeah. How about Coach K, 75 years old? He wears it well, man. Yeah. He looks good for oh, 75. Oh, being around that youth, and, and you know, that, that'll that bring it out of you now. Bring it, being around that youth, it means something. I also think that uh, the emotion of this final game, you've got around 80-some former players that are there in attendance, and they had a nice pregame ceremony and – I just I don't know how you stay completely locked in and completely focused on this particular game. And Coach K has said he owes it to his current players to put them in the best position to win a ball game. But easier said than done when you've got all that emotion and all that nostalgia. I, I don't know how your mind doesn't drift a couple of times during the game where I don't know, unless you're a complete robot as a human being, it's going to be really, really hard to stay locked well, in well, for well, a full 40 well, minutes. Well, you said that most coaches uh, have that robot gene where they can lock in. They can literally compartmentalize emotion and lock in. It's it's a trait that you, you must have as a successful coach. You got to be able to block out the noise. Do you think he can do that for a full 40 minutes? Uh, I think if the game is well in hand, yeah, uh, you know, the second half, coming right. down the stretch, then that's when you'll see the emotions yeah. uh, start to bubble out. But if the game, if it's a contested game, then no, you keep that in check. Yeah, yeah. Well, we go from, uh, you know, the, the high side with Coach Kane, illustrious career, to uh, the low side with your purple and gold in action tonight. The Lakers taking on the Warriors. Eight games under five hundred, big man. Now, I seriously, this isn't to troll you because I know you're a Lakers fan. Oh, you don't have to troll me. Like, I don't know if I could be trolled. <laughs> it's just speaking the truth. At yeah, this like stage. I, I mean, I'm not one of those fans. First of all, I'm an analyst. First, uh, secondly, I'm a fan, and I'm not one of those guys who have delusions. The Lakers are broken. They suck. Oh, man. They are. They're old. They're broken. They're unenthused. Uh, and it's embarrassing. And it's, it has been the, the majority of the year. 
So yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not like oh come on guys you know what I, and I'm not I'm not oh there's a silver there's no silver lining. Yeah. As soon as we can put this thing to bed and we can get to watching real playoff teams go, then that'll be that you know. I keep wondering where rock bottom is. That's my question. Oh, rock bottom is eleven. Well, I've that's true. I thought they've hit rock bottom eight different times this season, and it's like, all right, they're six games under five hundred. Now they're seven games. They're eight games under five hundred right now. You know why that's not rock bottom yet? Because they're still in the playoffs. They're still in. Technically, they're still in. The they have an opportunity to play, to play yeah. in the postseason, yeah. and right. and what happens is you get that mindset of just as long as we have a chance, yeah, that's they're going to get boat raced, yeah, right. If they have to play either Portland or New Orleans, and nah, then have Port, to play, Portland's got nothing for them, and then have to play. Well, you, I mean, we've seen the Lakers being beaten by. <laughs> By, by, by Portland also in by this By Portland whole, yeah. and guys who don't even start or couldn't start anywhere else. So, yeah, I'm, I'll never forget the post game where Frank Vogel was like, and Nurk's not even playing right now, but he's like, there are two guys that could hurt us on the court. It's Simons and Nurk. We knew that, and that's a game we got to win. And they still lost that game. Yeah, and, and so that this is where we are when we talk about that. That's rock bottom is 11, and you don't have a shot. Right, because they say, "Oh, if we play nine versus ten, we can win that one. Then we can play seven versus eight. Uh, the winner out of seven versus eight. Hopefully, it's not the Clippers. If it's the Clippers, good luck. And then you get a matchup in the playoffs. So they're still believing they're alive. And I, I don't want them to have any breath or life. I want it to be over, <laughs> so I can move on. <laughs> You're rooting against your Lakers at I'm this not, point. I'll never root against them, but I'm a rooting. I, I don't like the effort. I don't like the effort um, and um, just a focus. There's zero focus. Yeah, it's something that Teron Liu said, the Clippers head coach, just a couple of nights ago. He was like, we play hard every night. This team plays hard every night. And he's right about that. And that's something you can't say about the Lakers. No, and that's all you ask. Just go play hard. You can watch the Lakers play, and they'll start off the game on fire. Moving. Defense moving the ball. Third quarter, it's like nothing. They're tired. They've gone into halftime. They've come out. The energy's not there anymore. None of that. And so it's hard to watch. As a fan, it's hard to watch. That's why I very rarely watch the games live. I have to to tape them. Yeah, I have to tape them. And you then, can't take it live. That's no, what's going because on? first of all, I, I fast forward through commercials, and then second of all, when they go into one of their many, many, many scoring droughts, uh-huh. what I'll do is I'll push fast forward on the DVR, and I'll watch the other team's points increase and watch the Lakers <laughs> not score a bucket. <laughs> right, like it'll be thirty-six to thirty-eight, and uh, Lakers, and then it'll be thirty-eight. To 59 like that happens a lot just that fast yeah yeah man hey it's been a it's been a rough season I don't need to tell you that but uh, this is what I was talking about this was to Ron Lou a couple of nights ago this is when the Clippers beat the Rockets earlier this week but he talked about the effort of his team that he sees all the time check this out 
like I said, these guys in the locker room, um, they come out and fight and compete every single night, and um, that always gives us a chance. And so offensively, we figure out how we need to play and what we're looking for and what we're trying to do. You know, we, we can win some games, and we've been doing that as of late. Amen. Right? Effort. That's the one thing you can control. And listen, LeBron was saying that to the crowd who was on him and the rest of the team earlier this week. He's like, sometimes the ball goes in, sometimes it doesn't. That's true. Sometimes you have off shooting nights, but the effort should always be there. And it certainly is not consistently with the Lakers. There's no way you could say that it has been. No, it's not. And that's the problem. Yeah, you're not going to make every shot. But you're turning the ball over, your lackluster defense if you if you're not making shots, what do you have to do? You have to play defense. Yeah. You can't miss shots and not play defense. That's how you get beat by 28. That's how you get beat by 25 by teams with no starters on the court. No all zero week. all-stars. And the turnovers against the Pelicans. They just throwing the ball into the air. <laughs> Brutal, man. How have you been in the league this long and you just flip the ball into the air? So let me know what's on the uh, the Ephraim crystal ball here. What does it tell you about the Lakers? Like, project it. Did they sneak into the playoffs? Are they one and done in the play-in? Like, Anthony Davis's health status? How do you see it shaking out for the Lakers? I think they win both play-in games and okay, then they yeah. get boat raced in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. By e- it's going to be Phoenix. They have zero questions for Phoenix. Or zero answers, excuse me. Phoenix has all the questions. They have no answers. Right. There's nothing they can do uh, with Phoenix. They're too young. They're too hungry. They have that experience of being in the finals last year. They don't care about LeBron. They don't care about the Hall of Fame. They don't care about any of that. And By that's the way. Evident. Yeah. How about if you flip it here? Their opponent tonight, the Lakers, the Warriors. The Warriors have a legitimate chance to make major noise come playoff time. They've been in a rough patch here. They've lost six of eight. They definitely miss Draymond Green. How about the Suns have actually extended their lead uh, yeah, oh, having yes. first place the Suns since are running Chris Paul is out. The Suns yeah. are running away with this thing. Yeah. And that's a sign of a good team and good coaching. Shout Suns out to Monty Williams. Yeah, he's done a great job and the clear favorite for Coach of the Year. But the Suns are leading the Warriors by eight games for first place in the West. Oh, yeah, they're on cruise control right now. Yeah, but how about the Warriors? They should get Draymond Green back at some point. Even though this is a rough patch, how about the crystal ball for the Warriors this season? Uh, I think the Warriors are dynamic. At full strength, there's very few teams that can handle the shooting and the defensive prowess that they bring to the court every night. Um, the the crazy thing is we got to watch Memphis because they're creeping up there. Memphis has turned out to be a tremendous team. Their defensive on ball pressure. John Moran is a superstar. And and I mean you you're watching these teams with these these youth the the youth and and stars and and they're just they got their heads down and they're playing great basketball. And then you look at a team that's taking all of this for granted. In the Lakers, you put together this goofy team and with no real shooting, no real youth or energy, and expect people to just roll over. Nobody cares about LeBron James. Nobody cares about Anthony Davis. They're definitely not worried about Anthony Davis. And teams will let Russell Westbrook do whatever he wants. It works in their favor. Think about that in the scouting report. 
Let go ahead. Let Russ do it. <laughs> let him go. He'll do. He'll. He's gonna give us two or three one on four fast breaks. Where don't file him. Don't foul him. Let him go to the hole. He doesn't have the lift that he used to have. So most of the time, those are clanging off the bottom of the rim. And yes, when he's open on the three, step back. Step back. Make him shoot it. That's how you guard the Lakers. And it's a, think about it, too. The postgame press conferences, we'll get these cut sheets on Fox Sports Radio. They do a tremendous job, the editors, grabbing all this sound. And I'll laugh every time. Every now and then I'll glance at it. And you just read some of this stuff. It's Frank Vogel. We're going to stand by Russell Westbrook. You know, we've got Russ's back over here. It sounds like he's going through some rough personal times. It's just on the court. You know, it's like we're going to we're going to stand by our man over here, and hopefully he figures it out at some point. It's not going to figure it out. It makes plays. It's just not happening. Yeah, I don't think he's willing to figure it out. I mean, just from his comments alone, I don't think he's willing to to figure it out because he's going to be who I'm going to be. Who I'm going to be. Yeah, this we is me. Get I've to earned that. the right. I've earned the right. Yeah, okay. We, nobody, you haven't won anything. What have you earned the right to do? Yeah. Well, we got to get to that. Some people had a problem with uh, his comments saying he had no expectations heading into the season. We'll dive into that a little bit later this hour. A few Laker fan had a problem with that. Um, and also this right around the corner. It's not exactly a four three forty. I would say it's even more impressive. Uh, we'll you're have right. Details on that for you. I'm Brian. No, he's he from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian No, He's Ephraim Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, big man, how about Georgia defensive lineman Jordan Davis? So he weighs in at about 341 pounds, and he ran the 40-yard dash in 4.78 seconds. That's freaking insane. That is dangerous. That that's, is dangerous. That's crazy. <laughs> A man that large should not be moving that fast. Do you know what you call somebody with those dimensions? Say his dimensions again. 341 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's 6'6 six, six and 3 eighths. All right. So, so we're, so we're so north he, of 6'6. Six, six. He's 6'6, six, six, 341 pounds. Yeah. Runs a 4'7. You know what you call that? I, I don't know what you call it. I call it a, a fast locomotive. No, you call it a millionaire. That's, <laughs> That's what you call it. <laughs> Yeah. That's facts. Yeah. Yeah, that's a multimillionaire right there. Oh, he's about to change the lives of everybody he knows for years to come. Good for him. In and, two months. How about this, too? You only have a couple of players who've weighed in north of 330 pounds that have ran a, a sub five second 40. So you have Greg Robinson. Remember the bust? The number two overall pick. He went to the Rams. He uh, is an Auburn uh, grad. But 
Greg Robinson clocked in under five seconds at 4.92. That was in 2014. And then Dontari Poe, who was just a specimen, he weighed in at 346 pounds out of Memphis, and he ran a 4.9840 at the 2012 Combine. You also had Dontari, 44 reps of 225, the bench press, right? And it had a 34-inch vertical jump. 34-inch vertical at about 350 pounds. Man, that's crazy. That's in- that's insane. That's crazy. But uh, And that's man. why I'm on the radio with you. Good for Jordan Davis. That's why I'm hanging out over here with you. It's time to retire. When he start making them like that, got nothing for you. Got nothing for you. Goodness. I hate to see him on third and long. No. And a wide five technique. That speed, that power, at that weight. That's the situation. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, I, I wanted to circle back here because there are some people that had uh, a big time problem with Russell Westbrook saying that he had no expectations heading into this season. I saw the pregame on ESPN. Stephen A. Smith came unglued on this and basically said, you're a member of the purple and gold. You've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You're expected to compete for a championship, and you have no expectations. That was his take. I was just curious what you thought about Westbrook saying, hey, I didn't walk into this season thinking it was going to be peaches and cream. I just didn't have expectations heading in. What was your takeaway from that? Well, that's the wrong mentality. You've heard of a championship mentality, right? Sure. So when you talk about great players, you think uh, Jordan never went into a season without expectations? Kobe? Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Right? Kevin Garnett? Any of these great players, you think they've they've ever gone into a a season with LeBron with zero expectations? No. And therein lies the problem. If that's where your mind isn't, then how could you possibly facilitate what we're trying to do? You just want to go out there and play some basketball? <laughs> right? You 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 just want to go out and, and, and just hoop? That doesn't make any sense to me. You coming back home where you grew up and you have z- a team steeped in championship tradition uh-huh. and you have zero expectations mm-hmm. prior to the season? then you're not the right fit. That's what that means. That means there are plenty of teams that you can just go hoop on. Right? You can do anything you want. There's plenty of teams out there. Just go hoop. You go up to Sacramento. You ain't got to lead a state. You just go hoop up there. Zero expectations. Here's what I think. I'll throw this at you. See if you buy it or not. I think that Russ is definitely a proud guy. That's not always a bad thing. But I think that sometimes Russ won't say what's really the truth because he doesn't want to give the satisfaction to some reporter who is saying, hey, what what were your expectations heading into this season? He doesn't want to say, well, gosh, I thought we'd, you know, be a, a one or two seed right now, looking great as the playoffs approach, and that's not where we are right now. He doesn't want to go down that road, so he just goes the other way and says, I didn't have any expectations. Well, well, first of all, just be honest. And he said your expectations. He didn't say the team. 
that's the answer for the team, right? Well, we're not where we want to be right now. You know, it's a, he said, your expectations, my expectations are to play at an all-star level and help this team win another championship. Those were the expectations. Now the follow-up question is, you know, uh, how do you feel? Now, okay, well, we're not meeting expectations. My personal and team expectations, but we still have time. Boom, next question. Now, that's how you – That's how, right? You've been doing this long enough to know how to answer questions, man. So that excuse of, man, he doesn't want to give the report, that's the – no, man. Say that to, to a rookie or somebody who's been in their second year. Well, I, yeah, I think what he should have done – I don't believe him, by the way. There's no way that you could head in to this season as competitive as he is – teaming up with LeBron and AD and just shrugging your shoulders like, well, let's just see how it unfolds here. Like, you got to be thinking, we got a chance to do something special here. Something along those lines, I would imagine. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, yeah, I thought we'd be in a better spot. Everybody did at this stage, and we're not, and certainly I'm a big reason for that. Uh, I think you just got to be real. I think I, sometimes not doing that gets you into into trouble that I, way. I think honesty is the best is the best policy when it comes to answering reporters. All the questions aren't going to be cupcakes. Some are going to be hard hitting. If you don't want to answer, say I really don't feel like answering that right now. You know, but don't just throw a blanket, goofy statement out there because people are going to annihilate you for it. I don't care yeah. about turning the ball over. Right, exactly. You beat me to the punch. I was like, "That's what? another example of." Are of you, course, he's gonna care about. You have to as a you point have guard. To. You ha- he just doesn't want to say it. He Guess who cares? Say- Guess who yeah. cares? Your coach cares. Of course, your teammates care. So how can you not care? But that's the thing. I don't think. I just don't think he's telling the truth right there. Then he's he a liar, and what good is that? It isn't right, good, right. but good is I think that's where I think that's where pride comes in, and he just doesn't want to admit certain things. I think that's really what it is. I don't think he wants to say, "Yeah, I had high expectations, and man, this sucks." And well, we're, he just was like, I, "I didn't have any." How about that? What do you think about that? And it's like, I think that's a lie. <laughs> I, the reporter should have been like, "You're lying." <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why they don't let me in the press conferences. <laughs> I'd be like, come on, bro. Come on, tell the truth. Come on, don't give me that. You didn't have it. Why didn't you have expectations then? As an you know, all-star guard on a championship team, why didn't you have expectations? Yeah. That's a be- that's a better follow-up question. Right. Right? That should have been, oh, okay, so can you explain what why you didn't have any expectations? Right. That's yeah. how you do that as a reporter. Uh, uh well, uh, uh. Okay. You know who uh, you say sometimes it's uh, it's hard for certain people to tell the truth. It's not hard for this person to tell the truth ever, and sometimes it's difficult. You know, sometimes he has bad news to deliver. It doesn't phase him. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't change it. He just tells it like it is, in a concise and friendly manner. That is our guy, a friend of America, Mister Steve Desager. Why, thank you. And my expectations for Russell uh, Westbrook are that he finishes his NBA career with the most turnovers per game of anybody in the history of the league. Those are the 
Facts. Oh, God. Because he current, I looked it up, he currently leads in that category. That's terrible. In fact, if you compare the minutes per game, Russell Westbrook only 35 minutes per game career. Allen Iverson was 41 minutes per game and still had fewer turnovers per game than Westbrook, who's played literally about 1,000 games and over 4,000 turnovers. Over The only guy in NBA history that's played this much and has over four turnovers per game for his career which is what he's doing this year as well. And I'm glad you mentioned defensive tackle Jordan Davis, who's played the last four years at Georgia at the NFL Combine this weekend. His 40-yard dash time of under 4.8 seconds. NFL research points out that that was faster than Patrick Mahomes' 40-yard dash time was. (laughs) And this guy is heavier than Jason Peters was, taller than Rob Gronkowski, the 10-yard split quicker than Jarvis Landry's. 32-inch vertical this weekend was higher than running back Jamal Charles, and his broad jump of over 10 feet was longer than Jimmy Graham's, who was a basketball player. <laughs> they need to do the simulation of Mahomes and Jordan Davis running the 40. <laughs> they yeah. did. They did that. They had it, oh, they had it on perfect. there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just astounding. That's basically a good luck, quarterbacks. Good luck next year, guys. Yeah. yeah. To the college hoops, shall we? Because this is the final weekend of the regular season for most teams. It's early second half at number four Duke in Coach K's last home game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Duke's lead just 45-43 over rival North Carolina. And about 14 minutes left at number three ranked Baylor. Bears lead Iowa State 51-38. Earlier, number six Kansas in overtime beat Texas 70-63. Eighth ranked Purdue edged Indiana 69-67. Oklahoma State upset number 12 Texas Tech 52-51. And in overtime at LSU, Tigers defeated number 25 Alabama 80 to 77 selection Sunday for March Madness is a week from Sunday. Just six NBA games tonight. The late contest is an hour away. Golden State losers of three straight playing the Lakers in L.A. Lakers have lost seven of their last eight games. At Dallas right now, Luka Doncic of the Mavericks out this evening with a sprained toe. The Mavs have just won 114-113 over Sacramento despite 44 points from De'Aaron Fox. NASCAR is in Las Vegas tomorrow on Fox TV, 3 30 p.m. Eastern Time. Christopher Bell earned the poll, his first in the Cup Series among the 10 NHL games. Arizona, an 8-5 win over Ottawa. Billy Horschel tied for the lead at the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Orlando. And baseball's labor negotiations resume mm. tomorrow. The union is expected to offer written responses to the owner's last proposal. Exhibition games were canceled through at least March 17th. The lockout started in early December. There is a fund for stadium workers that was set up, but remember Major League Baseball this week it canceled the first two series of the regular season after the players' union rejected the owner's offer on a deal. Back to you. What's this deal with the ghost win, Steve? That, that Max Scherzer is a spokesman for this. They, if you, they want to try and make everything they're proposing is for competitive reasons. And therefore, if you let more teams in, players are saying, well then maybe they just won't try as much the last month or two of the season because teams will get in anyway. There's mm-hmm. not a huge advantage the first round. So if you have a first-round best of three and you spot them a win, the better team from the regular season, you start the series one game to none up. That's mm. the so-called ghost win. And you get to play all three games at home in addition. That's their proposal. The owners wow. hate that because they can't make any money off a ghost game. It didn't happen. <laughs> they can't televise it. It's a complete non-starter to them, as good an idea as it may or may not be. Yeah. 
Interesting stuff right there. What do you think about that, big man? What do you think about the ghost win? Ownership is just like, yeah, no. It's We're never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, not, happen. they're not thinking like businessmen in no. proposing that. <laughs> no. That's yeah. so funny. That's going to get shot down real fast. Every hey, single if, time. Yeah. It's like, no money? Run that bias again? Actually, don't. <laughs> don't bother. Just don't even do that. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. By the way, big man, it pains me to say this, but uh, the Bulls, they're not ready for prime time. You saw a bit of it last night against the Sixers. They came up short. The Bucks are now 2-0 and against the Bulls. The Bulls who have a very good record – they are 0-13 against the top teams in both conferences. They just can't beat the big boys. You saw that last night. It was a, a trend. The Bulls, very good regular season, lots of wins, yeah. can't beat the big boys. The Cavs, a lot of regular season wins, very good season, surprise. They came up short against Philly. There's a big difference between stockpiling regular season wins and winning playoff series, it, and I just don't think either team is ready for that. It is, and in terms of the Bulls, uh, having their two best wing defenders out, and yeah. and Lonzo Ball and Caruso, that's sure. that's hurt them. Yeah, uh, getting those guys back and healthy for the playoffs, uh, it, it's going to bode well for them. I mean, Caruso's been hurt uh, for quite some time. Uh, Lonzo's been in and out of the lineup, but getting them back and getting them healthy is just going to change the dynamic of that team and what they're able to do. So I, I still look for them to to win the first series that they're in. I mean, they had enough talent, and they play hard. And and um, uh, De- Demar Derozan is just is oh, lights out right now. Been tremendous. He's been sensational this season. But yeah, I hear you. That's going to help them defensively. <laughs> Their defense is nowhere near good enough right now. It's one of the lower defenses in all of basketball. But yeah, getting Lonzo and getting Caruso back will help with that. But is it the difference in, you know, getting to the conference finals or not? Like, maybe they squeak out a first-round win. I think that's probably the ceiling for the Bulls. You win a first-round series, and then you're a tough out in the second round. Yeah, I see they, that being the ceiling. Yeah, but that's the building block, right? Very few teams get to go from zero to 100. So those yeah. are the building blocks. Get some, get the chemistry there. Get the the experience uh, you add a piece or two in the offseason, and then you go make a run. Mm-hmm. It really will matter who you're matched up against because there are a lot of teams they are just packed together in the East. If you look at from the number two to the number six seed, they're just separated by three and a half games, you know? Yeah. So you can jostle around and are the Bulls playing the Bucks in the first round or are they playing the Celtics, you know? Are they are they playing the Cavs in the first round or are they somehow facing a, a tougher team like the Nets, depending on how the seeding works out? I that would, matters I, a great deal. It does, and I would pick them over the Nets if they, if they were fully healthy. You would? Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, I would. I, I think... Um, they have better uh, front court defenders. They have better back court defenders. So I think, you know, if KD's going to be KD, Kyrie's going to be Kyrie or whatever. But, you know, I, I think 
do you have the ability to double those guys when Ben Simmons comes back and and force him to to beat you? Be a good series though. So I, I I'm I you know, and that it pains me to say because I didn't grow up a Bulls fan. My brother was a Bulls fan and you know the the eighty nine uh finals when Jordan won his first uh championship uh was against the Lakers. So I I'm still salty about that. So I've never really been a Bulls fan. Uh so I'm you know, it, it pains me to say that. My brother would love to hear me talk about the Bulls in that way, but I just think that uh I, I just not sure the the Nets team that's gonna show up. Whew. The mandate is is lifted in New York. So for the public, for but the, not the right. private sector. Right. How ridiculous I, is that? What we still don't know what they're going to be when they're all together. Ben Simmons, we don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. Like this is this is crazy at this point. Being out that long and still not ready to play. I, I just I don't I can't put my finger on it. It's just basketball. Man, it's just basketball. Have, we got to have a tale of the tape. Nets or Bulls, who goes further in the playoffs? Top of the hour. We definitely have to get into that. You're selling my uh, 2022 Brooklyn Nets short. Uh, I don't know, man. They're in eighth place right now. Yeah. I like what Katie <laughs> right, said. Right, We're like, cutting it close, but so what? <laughs> right. But, but that, that's that adage. Like it, It's all going to come together when we, when we get, get – <laughs> Yeah, but we don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, they're like, yeah, if we, when we all get on the court, we're going to be cool. When y'all getting on the court? Yeah. When are but, you guys getting on the court? Yeah, so it sounds good. And and from a prolific scorer and one of the top players in the NBA, of course you will have that type of, of, of bravado and enthusiasm about, oh, it's all good when, when it come down to it. But they're in eighth place right now. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'll, I'll give you the uh, glass half full version of the Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> and you, you'll go the other way. But that'll be good. That'll be good for a little debate right there at the top of the hour. But coming up next, normally solidarity is a good thing. This is one of the exceptions. We'll have details for you on that. I'm Brian No. He's he from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No. He's he from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. Hiring, heating up. Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. All right, big man. Normally, I'm not uh, against solidarity, but in this one instance, I am. So the NFL Players Association, they released a statement in support of the MLB Players Association. And, of course, they're just like, hey, you know, we've got our, our brother's backs, you know, that type of thing. No big deal. But some of the things that they said in this statement, I just, I'm not a fan of. So I'll read it to you. I want to see what your reaction is. Okay, NFL players stand in solidarity with our brothers at the MLBPA as they fight for the rights, compensation, and working conditions that they deserve. Without the players, there is no game, and we know that they want nothing more than to be back on the field as soon as possible. We also know that in this united effort by players and union leadership, 
They have the integrity and best interest of their game in mind. By fighting the good fight to secure a fair deal, everyone will benefit, including current and future generations of players, as well as the fans who love the sport of baseball. What do you think about that statement by the NFLPA? I wish they had that same energy when it came to us. Yeah. <laughs> Were you not a huge fan of the NFLPA? No, I, I just think they um, – the integrity of the game in, in terms of, you know, playing conditions. And, and you know, you got to realize football is a brutal game. We all choose to play, and that, and that's fine. Baseball is not. If you it current it used to be, I, you know, the new collective bargaining agreement for baseball is getting worked out. If you play one game in 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 the big leagues, you had life insurance or health insurance, excuse me, for life. One game. I played ten years, thirteen years. Started for ten, one hundred and fifty six games. My health insurance ran out five years after I retired. Mm. I'm in pain every day. So you want to talk about solidarity. Where was that fight when you should have been fighting for all of us? There's very few of us get a chance to play in the NFL. Yeah. Even fewer get to play 10 or more years. Where was that fight when it came to the long-lasting effects of a, of a contact sport? So I just – I'm like, hmm. Yeah. And what doesn't... they'll do is they'll go to current players and, and they'll say stuff like, you want higher salaries or health care for life <laughs> when you retire? What do you think current players are going to say? They're In the moment, they're probably going to say higher salaries. They're, they're playing. Yeah. It's one thing you do as a professional athlete. You don't think about when it's over. Right. You can't. You can't. You you living in the moment because all your attention has to be on that moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not thinking about when I'm 45. When I'm 25, right? Right. I'm thinking about maximizing this money right now, and I don't like the way that's portrayed because you won't feel the full ramifications of the league until years and a decade after you're done. Well, and if you look at what the NFLPA was saying on behalf of the MLBPA, I can understand saying, hey, hope the players get a deal that's fair. That makes all the sense in the world. But the way it's misportrayed, (laughs) it's just laughable. These players are just fighting for what they deserve. They want nothing more than to be back on the field as soon as possible. If that were true, they'd be on the field. (laughs) Like They want the best deal possible. Just say what it is. Don't misportray it as like, these players, they're just doing what's best for the fans. Both ownership and players are guilty in this fight. Yeah, they are. There's not a fight if if both sides aren't dug in. They are. So don't make it just about one side being greedy. Like, both sides are guilty of that. Yeah, it, it is. And whenever you have these labor disputes uh, in the professional sports, it's always that posturing, right? Oh, we wanted we. Yeah, we 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 just want to go out there and play. We just want them to play. We we just want fairness. That's all we're after. So play then. 
Yeah. Well, we won a couple of things in our favor right, first. Right, there but, we go. Oh, right, right, right. There it I, is. That's what's going on. There it is. Huh. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, but about that. Uh, but, but, yeah, but uh, yeah. a couple of things we'd like to discuss beforehand. All right, coming up next, they've got talent, arguably the most talent, but will they have the results? Man, big man, I will steal your catchphrase here. We got action in this Duke-North Carolina game. Oh, it's a good game. North Carolina's up by four with just about eight minutes to play. And the thing I'm thinking of, this would be arguably the sweetest win for North Carolina faithful against Duke if they're able to ruin the Coach K party. And just think about this. You've got all these Duke players from yesteryear. They're showing Christian Leitner and Carlos Boozer and Sheldon Williams. And Coach K, you've been unbelievable with all your wins and five national championships. And take this, this loss L. with you, right? <laughs> oh, that would be so sweet for take North Carolina L. fans. That's what they want. They want that right now. And you best believe they've been talking about it all week. At halftime, the whole nine yards. Yes. Yes, and Duke was a healthy favorite, right around 11 points in this game, and yet they find themselves trailing by four with about eight minutes to go. So it's anyone's ball game at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. It's it's, it's good. This is, this is what you want, right? Last Absolutely, game for yeah. Coach K on Coach K court, right? Very few uh, coaches get to play on their own court. Named after them while they're still coaching. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I just never been a Duke fan. I'm sorry. I've always hated Duke. Yeah. I, you know, I've running Rebels and fi- Fab Five for me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay with Duke. Like, I look at them as they're, uh, they're entertaining to me. I really don't root for them or against them. They're just, uh, like most of the time I've been in sports radio, so they're great for what I do because people feel very strongly for or against them. But I'm just like, I'm cool with them. They're a little bit like the Patriots to me, you know, a little bit. Yeah. 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 Where there's so much to talk about, even way more with the Patriots, but that's how I look at it. Um, So no, I haven't hated them or loved them. I just know Man, for North Carolina fans that have heard all week, oh, it's the home finale for Coach K, his illustrious coaching career, and all these former Duke players are going to be there to pay homage. And it's Oh, you want to beat them so bad, man. That would be so sweet if they're able to hold on to this lead. Oh, I mean, right? The one thing you want to keep the Cameron crazies from doing is storming the court. Yeah. And what better way to do that than to beat them on their home court in Coach K's last his final home game? Absolutely. What do you think, just from the player's standpoint, we've talked about Coach K staying locked in with all the nostalgia and all that. He's a grown man. This is not his first rodeo. But think about the players, mm-hmm. right? They see all of these former great Duke players. They know what's on the line. They don't want to lose the final home game of Coach K's career. That's a good amount of pressure on them. What take us inside the uh, the players' mentality when they're when they're going through this game and facing a deficit late here? Well, you want to do it for the coach, 
right? Coach K obviously means a lot to them uh, and to previous athletes. So you want to really win it for them. You don't want to be the team that let him down. All right? So think about that. You don't want to be responsible for all those greats that are there in attendance looking at you like, wow, you guys really couldn't pull this off. Yeah. That is a recipe for some tight sphincters out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is some tight sphincter gumbo right here with all that. Coach K's final home game. We got Grant Hill. We've got not even the Duke guys. They just showed Kyler Murray. Terrell Owens is in the crowd. Like This is a star-studded event. They're, they're human beings. They feel that. They might be a little tight. A little tight right now. A little bit tight. A little tight. Do you think Duke, Duke pulls it out? They find a way to win this? Uh, I do. I think they do. I don't want them to, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I'll peruse just for entertainment purposes over, over here at the uh, – Let's just see what the in-game line has in store for us. Oh, just the perusing, huh? Uh, you know, just just the perusing, mm-hmm. you know? Let's uh, peruse over here. By the way, big man, I got to let you in on a little secret here. So uh, for Lent, I've made the decision. Wow, can you believe this? This can't be correct. There's no way this is right. Duke is favored by 11 right now while trailing by three? I'm trying to verify if this is even correct right now. <laughs> That, that cannot be the case, right? There's no way that's correct. But, uh, okay, this makes a lot more sense. Duke is favored by a point and a half while trailing by three with under six minutes to go. You're taking Duke to win by at least two? Uh, Yes. Yes, you're doing that. During Lent, so between now and Easter, in mid-April, no gambling for yours truly. Wow. Huh? What? No March Madness bets. No wow. in-game Duke, North well, Carolina tonight. No candy bar bets. Look at you. My goodness. Evolving. Whew. It's going to be a rough 30, I don't know, five-ish days. I don't know how many more days we have until Easter, but that's what's going uh, on. The evolution me, of Brian No. Yeah, trying over here. Brian Noe from Salam with you here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay. So we get back to you and your negativity toward the Brooklyn Nets here. Huh? The season outlook for BRK. First off, it's not negativity. (laughs) It's reality. Okay. Right? Because one month, a month and a half ago, the Nets were in first place in the East. They were in first place in the East a month ago. Okay. They're in eighth place. So, They've had some injuries, right? Yeah, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is you go from first mm-hmm. to eighth. How am I being negative? <laughs> I didn't do that. Now, if they were still in first or second and I was speaking the way I was, uh-huh. that's all oh, you hating. You're being negative. Okay. That, that's what that is. Fair enough. Let me try a different adjective. Maybe not negativity. Your skepticism. How about that? You are skeptical that the Nets can put everything together and make a deep run come playoff. Yeah, they're one game away from being in 10th. You know that, right? One I, game. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm so, aware. I, I mean, at this point, Charlotte with, you know, Montrez Harrell, I mean, they are 
They're healthy. They're playing well. Atlanta, Trey Young has caught fire. And so those teams are trending up. Brooklyn is trending down. They've lost the last three. They're three and seven in their last ten. Atlanta is six and four. I'm not worried about anything. I get it. I understand. But what I'm saying is my negativity is coming from a team that hasn't been fully together coming down the stretch of the season and miraculously hoping in the playoffs everything will fit. We know. We've been doing this a long time, B. We know it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. Especially when you get into a playoff series. When teams are just focused on you. So for them to just wake up and be like, oh, we all here now. Ben Simmons is playing. He hasn't played in a year. You know, Kyrie's here. Let's go. What? It doesn't we know it doesn't work like that. Well, it typically doesn't. But on this every case, it then. will. And every now and then. <laughs> You, you are can. you are gung ho on Brooklyn, oh, huh? I am. I'm absolutely gung ho. Why? Like Tell what, me why. Okay, I've got numerous reasons for you. Number one, they've got the most talent. When you have Kevin Durant, who missed 21 games with a sprained MCL and dropped 31 in his first game back, it's like he rolled out of bed and said, "Take 31 with." But you, that's Miami not a Heat. good thing. It's a great thing. No. Yeah, it is. You know why? He just came back from injury because they don't have the help that he needs. They lost that game, by the way. I know. But yeah. because they don't have the help, he's going to push, push. You don't want that. That That is not a good thing. He's he's smart enough to know when he's That's not true. Going we saw him – co- really? Yeah. We saw him blow his Achilles out. I mean, it's an injury, right? Like, that's the finals. Stuff happens. I get, I understand that. But to say he's smart enough to know, I'm doing, <laughs> he's smart enough to pull back. Okay, and, all right, fine. We, right? We, have a, we have reason to believe he might push it a little bit too much. Fine. Okay. Fair point. Fair okay. point. Fair right. point. But, Go ahead, but continue. reinforcements are on the way. All right. All so right. we've got the uh, public sector. They're allowed to frolic around in New York City. In a couple of days, on March 7th, all right? The private sector, not so much, so Kyrie can't play home games just yet, but that's going to be lifted. You know it as well as I do, sooner than later. He'll be there for the playoffs, at Mm -hmm. least. He might be there toward the end of the regular season. Be nice, okay. And Ben Simmons, he's working through the back issue, you know? But he'll be on the court, and when he is, what is he expected to do? What is he needed to do? Well, he needs to defend, which he can do, just waking up in the morning and getting out of bed. He's a tremendous defender. You need him to facilitate, which he can with those playmakers around him. And you need him to create for himself at times and hit shots 10 feet and in, which he can do. No jump shots, you know? He can do all of those things. He's going to be an asset. When does he come back? Anytime now. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime now, Ben Simmons could be on the court. That's nuts. That is true. He you're could. more. You're, you're, look, uh, you're more. You sound sure than than the organization. I see the upside. I see where it's headed, not where it currently is. And I, and look, if this if and I would feel the exact same way if after the trade deadline, Ben Simmons took uh, two weeks to get in shape and he was hit. He was ready to go. 
mm-hmm. I would be like, boom. If the the uh, the vaccine mandate had been lifted in the private sector, I'd be like, boom, okay, we cooking. Uh-huh. But each game that goes by is less of an opportunity to see how and if these three dynamic players fit. Okay, but I even go back to last year when the big three, they didn't play a ton of games together. No, seven. Yeah, they played they, seven they in the regular season. All. They played seven, yeah. And then what happened in the playoffs? You had them lose to the eventual champion Bucks by a whisker, literally, like the big toe of KD that wasn't behind the three-point line. If it was, Brooklyn's winning that series. Yeah, but the reason, like, first of all, if it's a fifth, we'd all be drunk. We know that. Uh, but the reason they weren't at full strength is because James Harden and his hamstring. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, Kyrie Irving wasn't available. Yeah, Kyrie got hurt. Kyrie's injury was a fluke injury. Yeah, but I, he's injury prone. Okay. So right, now but, we're falling to, into that category. So even if everything was all right, great, and you know you never wish in, injury on anyone, but right. hey, injuries can work for him. Let's look at uh, injury prone James Harden. Will he plays for the Sixers? What oh, yeah. if James Harden gets hurt? It's so funny how how fast he gets in shape when he gets to a place where <laughs> he was thirty. He the elliptical. He, he was gets thirty on the pounds. He was thirty pounds overweight <laughs> three weeks ago. Now he, he's like in his <laughs> second year, right? Like I mean, it's 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 amazing on you know how a player gets themselves ready to go, which I still don't understand why Ben Simmons isn't ready to go. Like, I'm like, sore, lower back tightness. What are we talking about yeah, here? I know. You know, it's... you can always tell when it's rubbish, when those inju- when you do- talk about the back, you can't prove a back injury. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so you go with the low, oh, it's lower back stiffness. What, what, what is that? What what time? To, oh, we, 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 we're not sure, yeah, but, you know. Giving a little bit of time here. Yeah, yeah. but... Like I'm like, what what has he been doing for a year? <laughs> well, what do you mean? I you know, he's not the most trustworthy player. No, right? and that's make him not, but be. that's what you're doing. You're adding that to an already dysfunctional uh, yeah. family. I, I, we're adding that it's to like a your, team. Uh, your your uncle that gets out of prison and comes stays in the house with you and and everybody in there crazy. But just think of this. KD put the nets on his back in yeah, the playoffs did. last yeah, season and was that close, literally a big toe away from beating the Bucks, who went on to win a championship without James Harden throughout most of that series, a limited James Harden toward the end of that series, hardly any Kyrie Irving throughout the entire series, and they were that close to beating the eventual champs? Imagine if they're blessed with better health this postseason. I love their chances. I'm, I would, if I could bet, <laughs> I would bet on them to be in the finals. At a minimum, they're coming out of the East. Oh, I'd take that bet if you did bet. I would bet three candy bars on it right away. You know, right, I don't even well, have to nickel and dime. When, one when are we? When are we? Uh, uh, the it's lifted at Easter, so that will Easter. be right at the time the playoffs are. So we're gonna put this. In, well, I know. I guess you can't do it. Uh huh. We can't make the bet right prior. But let's just say it's in the works. Well, you know what? This is how we can get around it, right? <laughs> okay. Hey, Don Brown, I feel like betting three candy bars <laughs> right when the playoffs start that Brooklyn won't make 
the NBA finals, I mean, NBA championship, the finals. I feel like doing that. What do you think? That sounds like a pretty solid bet to me. Okay. I can't, cool. I can't see the Nets. Cool. Yeah, that sounds pretty solid to me. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, yep. you know, when the, when the uh, betting. Uh, we'll see. I, look, I didn't, I didn't throw the bet out there to anybody. I just said that's what I feel like doing. Yeah, when the restrictions have been lifted. We'll lock it in, man. But the only unfortunate thing, by that time, you'll be seeing the Nets balling, and you'll be like, I don't know. No, I don't I'm know locking if I it in. do it anymore. I, I'm locking it in. That's why I told my friend Don Brown. Okay. All right. All right. When the restrictions are lifted, we'll lock it in uh, for sure. All right. Coming up next, don't, don't listen about what I'm saying here. Listen to what Vegas is saying. Uh, we'll weigh in on that. I'm Brian No. He's Z from Salam. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, He's E from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. We're brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. And speaking of the 702, this April 28th through the 30th, Vegas will be hosting the 2022 draft. The best part is now through March 13th, we're giving away a trip for two to be a part of the energy and excitement. That's right. You and the lucky person of your choosing can win a trip to Las Vegas during draft weekend, April 28th through the 30th, sponsored by the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. The prize package includes round-trip airfare to Vegas, a hotel stay on the Strip, access to Fox Sports Radio's draft broadcast, and more. To enter and get rules, visit foxsportsradio.com. That's foxsportsradio.com to win a trip to Vegas during draft weekend. And we are big man. Can I win that? Seconds away. If you win, are you taking me? I mean, can are we are we able to? <laughs> Don't dodge the question. Are you taking me? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, I wasn't dodging it. That's a that's a that's, that's a hard that's no. A surefire no. Yeah, <laughs> you're disqualified from participating. Oh gosh. Good, good. Okay. I hope they. I hope you win, and then they tell you you're disqualified. <laughs> yeah, we are 13 seconds away from North Carolina. Not just Five, beating Duke. Four. Three, steamrolling Duke. One, and ninety-four, mm. eighty-one. And look, yes, they are celebrating on the court, North Carolina, Woo. as they should. <laughs> that is for every North Carolina fan and for every Duke hater, and there are a lot of them out there. This is sweet, monumentous, just sweet. And uh, look, I, I think anybody, you could be a, a hardcore Duke hater. I think you still got to respect Coach K. Of, of course. I've right? always respected Coach K. It's very similar to the Patriots with Brady. I think and Belichick hate the Patriots and the evil empire. Makes no sense to not give Brady his due, right? Or Belichick, right? It's the same yeah, thing. Same thing. Yeah, but man, for this to be the home finale for Coach K. Never again. You'll never walk out. The last time you walked off that court, you were a loser, sir. Man. Wow. That hurts. That does hurt. And to the arch rival, North Carolina of all teams, you know? Salt in the wounds right there. And they having fun. They running through the stairwell, yeah. celebrating. You know, I'll say this though: as got, bad as this loss is, crying. they're really I know. in there crying. Oh, every Duke hater is like, show more fans crying. Just please, please show, show more it. fans crying. 
as bad as this loss is for Duke tonight, I think this helps their chances in the NCAA tournament. Do you think it has an impact? I definitely do. Because, I mean, you see that you're mortal. You see that if you aren't locked in defensively and – Right? Like, you allowed 94 points. You're going to lose. This is definitely a coaching moment. Yes. For Coach K. 100%. And think about how low those Duke players feel right now. And what are they going to want to do? They're going to want to make up for it. They are going to be scratching, clawing everything come tournament time. I think it's a good thing for the tournament hopes of Duke. As bad as this loss is for them tonight. I think it helps them going forward. it, it, It does because... It, it puts things back in perspective, in reality. Mm-hmm. And very few people can, like, end a career on, you know, things like he won his last game. Yeah. Right? That's like if one of our teammates decided that he was going to retire and his last update the mic went off right in the middle of it and he couldn't he didn't know. He just went on with the update and it was just it was just dead air. Right? <laughs> that would be the same. I I would be in here crying. It would be the same as these fans, these students watching Coach K walk off the court as a loser and we be watching our very own Steven DeSager walk out of the update booth. Wow. <laughs> With dead air to left to, to for his legacy. Uh, there's no transition from me to Coach K. I think that's pretty much for sure. But if you is saw, it Stephen D. DeSager for dead air? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, not for Duke tonight. You no. know, they were up nearly ten points late first half, and they wound up losing by double digits. Nobody, nobody this season had scored ninety four against him, but Carolina did tonight at Cameron. Yes, last home game. For Coach K at Duke is an L. Fourth-ranked Duke, champions of the ACC regular season this year, loses to rival North Carolina 94-81. to And we have the final weekend of the regular season for most teams, but some are already in conference tournaments. The final of the Ohio Valley Conference with 22nd-ranked Murray State is about to start. A team that went 18-0 and in conference regular season. Murray State trying to get to 30-2 and overall. They start up in Evansville in just a few minutes against Moorhead State. And in an hour and a half, the finale in the Pac-12 of USC at UCLA. Each team ranked in the top 20. Among the earlier games, number 6 Kansas in overtime beat Texas. Number 8 Purdue edged Indiana 69-67. And Oklahoma State upset number 12 Texas Tech 52 to 51 to the NBA the Lakers are hosting a Golden State team that has lost three in a row it tips off in a few minutes in LA Lakers have not only lost seven of eight their record the last two months is six and 16 oh my god Philadelphia is at Miami. You know, did you see Charles Barkley on the post game after oh, yet another Laker loss this tremendous. week? He said, can we stop carrying this team? And I think that a lot of people obviously went overboard in seeing how many Laker telecasts they could gobble up for their channel this season when you see that roster. Well, the Lakers enter tonight with a 27-35 and 35 record. So they're hosting this Golden State team that I won't say is sinking, but they are far, far away from the first place Phoenix Suns in the West. ABC did not select Philadelphia at Miami. 
which is, you know, the two best teams in the East, by the way. And they're mm-hmm. playing right now. The Heat have started with a 17-11 lead over Philly late in the first quarter. James Harden is not playing tonight, resting the hamstring. He scored 25 points last night. The Heat first in the East, two games over Philly. Milwaukee and Chicago each three back. Dallas edge Sacramento, 114-113. Spencer Dinwiddie with 36 points. Luka Doncic of the Mavs was out with a sprained toe. Baseball's labor negotiations resume tomorrow. The union is expected to offer written responses to the owner's last proposal. It seems like there will be designated hitter in both leagues. There will be a draft lottery. Apparently, it'll involve the bottom five teams. Union wanted to involve more to combat tanking. And regarding service time manipulation, delaying the major league debuts of top prospects, the proposal is, and apparently it'll be in the final contract, that if a player finishes first or second for rookie of the year, he'd be credited with a full year of service, even if he wasn't with the major league team on opening day. Back to you. Good stuff, Steve. I'm Brian No, He's he from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. No dead air there. No dead air, you know. We'll see for his final update next hour if that's the case. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. No dead air. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. Okay, so we transition from the uh, tears over in Cameron Indoor with Coach K and Duke losing the home finale in Coach K's legendary career. We go right back to uh, the Brooklyn Nets and your skepticism. Now, don't take it from me, big man, because I I make compelling arguments that are right on the money here. and You might shun them, but you might not want to shun Vegas, you know? This isn't Vegas's first rodeo. And how about this? The odds to win the championship. If you think about the Nets, before I give you the results, where do you think they are in the pecking order? You know, are they seventh? We got the Suns, the Warriors. We got some tough teams in the East. Third. They are third in the pecking order. You nailed it. In order, Suns have the shortest odds, followed by the Warriors and then the Nets. And the odds to win the Eastern Conference, right, just to get to the finals, the Nets have the shortest odds, followed by the Sixers and the Bucks. So Vegas, they're looking at this one of two ways. Either they're believers in the Nets and their talent, or they are covering their butts, knowing that they have a ton of talent, and if they make the odds long enough, the public's going to jump on that, and then they're going to be in a precarious situation right there. So Vegas, they are at least well aware of the talent that the Nets have and the problems that they could present. I'm on board with Vegas on this one, big man. I believe in the Nets. All right, well. I believe. You might believe in them more than they believe in themselves, so at least that's that. (laughs) I love this the other night. We've got it from uh, Kevin Durant. So this was following his return. And listen to KD. If he sounds like, oh, 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 we're we're only a a game ahead of 10th place over here. See if there's any trepidation in the voice of Kevin Durant. Here you go. Here's KD. Our cutting it close is only under 20 games left in the season. But that's the situation we're in. That's the circumstances we're in. So what? We got to go out there and figure it out. That's exactly what he's supposed to say. I love it. That's exactly what he's supposed to say. As one of the best players on the planet Earth, that's exactly what you're supposed to say. But I can promise you this, he can't win a championship by himself. No, I agree with that. 
So if everybody else doesn't have that very same mindset, that's where we have the problem. And we're not sure they do. Okay, I think this is interesting because we can flip around this argument. It really boils down to what are you banking on, right? So if you are skeptical of the Nets, you're banking on what? Kyrie Irving not being allowed to play home games? No, I, I just I just don't trust him. Mm-hmm. I don't trust him. I think Philadelphia got better. We've seen how good Philadelphia – Philadelphia is going to be a problem in the playoffs. That relationship – and that chemistry between Embiid and Harden is unbelievable. You have a real issue on your hands. Joel Embiid is lights out the MVP of the year of this season. I mean, he what he's doing right now is crazy. When you add James Harden to that, you want to talk about floor space. <laughs> what? <laughs> you want to talk about spacing. <laughs> they can get any shot they want with those two in a high pick and roll. So can Brooklyn? That's when not you true. put when you put KD Kyrie space it with LaMarcus Aldridge no. throw in some Blake Griffin for seasoning. Nah, let I'm good. Ben Simmons I'm just good. rolled down nah. Main it sounds Street good. to the hoop. It sounds good. Guess oh, what, guess what we haven't seen? Any of that. <laughs> sounds good. We don't, we don't have we've Jesus, seen you're what, speaking in hypotheticals. Three games. We've seen three games with Harden against who? The Knicks. It does the Timberwolves look, and we're look, sold. See, see what you what you have to realize is it's not the opponent, right? It's the chemistry. It's what you're doing. It's not the opponent. It's the spacing. It's the the direction. It's the the offense. The continuity of the flow. That's what's impressive. Whoever they're gonna play, nobody can guard Joel Embiid. Who's gonna guard him? You pick pick a team. And tell me who they have to guard Joel Embiid. It's not going to happen. I so, mean, you can you can hope to slow him down a little bit with Bam out of bio with Miami, but Joel Embiid's on another level. So He's been extraordinary. When you have that and you take away a wing player that doesn't shoot, refuses to shoot. That's fine. He doesn't need to. And you add. No, I'm talking about Ben Simmons. I know you are. Yeah, he doesn't need you, to with you, the Nets. You take away. No, I, what I'm saying is for the dynamic of the 76ers. You take that away and you add. Okay. Right? You yeah. add a player that can give you 40 because he will shoot. <laughs> what happened to his hamstring, huh? He's sitting out because of his hamstring. It was a huge issue with the Nets. Now no, it's no, no big what the, deal. What they're now doing the is what they're going to do is they're not going to run into a situation that they did last year. They're going to make sure they're not going to play him in any back-to-backs, which they shouldn't. He played last night. He dropped 25. He was fine. But they're not going to get to the playoffs and have him not available, which is smart. That's what they're doing while Brooklyn's still trying to figure it out. If you can come in without a vaccine or or what, it's Ben Simmons is going to be able to. Is it, it, while they're doing that, the Nets are putting in a, a plan in place to be full steam ahead in the playoffs because yeah. there are no back to backs in the playoffs. Right. Brooklyn, Brooklyn's going to be just fine. Okay, man. You keep saying that. You keep, you know, just my little fine. brother loves Brooklyn. Your Brooklyn son. Right? Brooklyn son. Yo, yeah, that's yo, me. Brooklyn son. Yeah. BK all day, son. Right? He doing all of that. And I'm just like, he was, we have a text chain of all the guys I grew up with and all that. We're all on this text chain and everybody has their team. My brother and a couple guys are Bulls fans. He's a Brooklyn fan. Of course, I'm Laker. And so 
all year he's been just dogging the Lakers. Oh, y'all in eighth, y'all in ninth. And I'm like, hey, man, welcome to uh, 500 and welcome to eighth place. <laughs> right? Like I said, a month and a half ago, they were in first. Welcome to the basement. We've got plenty of room down here. Basement is temporary well, we'll for see. Brooklyn. We'll see. We temporary. thought it was temporary for the Lakers, too. It's a short stay. They're yeah, in a hostel we'll right now. You know, it's a bad conditions and everything. <laughs> They're going to be in the penthouse before you know it. I don't know. I don't believe that. They have the most talent. That's inarguable. I mean, you can't argue that. They have the most talented team. They have to have the most available talent, though. That's the mo- that's true, the big thing. True, true. When, when available, they have the most talent. Okay, well, we Fair don't point. know. what They've never all been available, so there's that as They well. will be. It's headed in that direction. You don't know that, man. I you, do know that. Like, hypotheticals, ben Simmons, man. Hypotheticals. His back injury is not going to keep him out. We don't know what's wrong with him. the rest of the season. You know? We don't know if it is a back injury. We don't know what's wrong with him. He'll be in there. And Kyrie Irving, if they have the public sector... I feel like the public the pu- sector, the public right? Sector, the, public. The, the private sector is not going to be a no-go for the entire playoffs. Kyrie's going to be playing home games. Even if you just had Kyrie and KD, I think that's enough to win a championship. If you just happen to sprinkle in Ben Simmons and his defense and playmaking ability offensively and, and distributing, like now you're cooking. I, I think they can win a title just with KD and Kyrie alone. If those guys are ready to go. So you give me Ben Simmons, it's an added bonus. It's like, man, you're making this easier on me. We shall see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next. Of course, this guy is valuable, but he's never been the most valuable. I'm Brian No, he's he from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, he's he from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. So your Lakers, big man, are taking on the Warriors as we speak. And the Warriors, they've uh, they've lost six of eight. They've been about a 500 team without Draymond Green. And we've had many discussions about Draymond Green. How valuable is he for that team? Some people have said that he's the most valuable. This is the deal with Draymond Green. Of course they miss him. They had a fantastic record when he was healthy for the first almost 40 games of the season. And they certainly miss him. A game that they lost to the Mavericks at home just about a week ago, they had a huge lead and it just crumbled in front of them. That's not happening if Draymond Green is on the floor. Draymond Green is a very valuable player. I would argue now, and I've argued in the past, he's just not the most valuable. You could play this game. What do you think the Warriors would be over these last 30 games if they had Draymond Green but didn't have Steph Curry? Right. You know? And you got to keep it in context. When you talk about uh, a value to a team, um, they don't win those championships uh, before KD gets there without Draymond. They don't win the championship without Draymond. Especially at that time, Draymond Green was the – the glue and the catalyst for them. You know, you had the Splash Brothers and they're shooting the lights out and all of that. Mm-hmm. But what Draymond did was, number one, he set the table for him. His basketball IQ is through the roof. Wish Russell uh, uh, Westbrook had it. Um, mm-hmm. But his defensive, uh, his his defensive tenacity, his ability to guard one through five, it made it easy to take up for the lack of defense that that left was uh, that. Uh, Steph was able to, to play, right? Yeah, teams used to always, lineup. right? They, th- teams used to always go at him, but t- 
team defense. They specialized in team defense, and that was ran by Draymond. Not only that, he led the team in assists, then rebound, all of those things, mm-hmm. right, from the four position, from the power forward position, which is very rare to do. So um, he wasn't the most val- – in those, those two years, Steph was winning MVP of the league, but he was the most valuable player on that team, for that team. Well, a couple of things. What you bring up with uh, Draymond's defense – the death lineup that was so famous. They switched everything. Everything. It was an undersized lineup, but Which they is difficult were to nasty. do in the in the in the league. You can get away with that in college, but in the pros yeah. it's just very difficult. Right, yeah, because it's typically a mismatch. It was actually advantage Warriors, mostly because of what Draymond brought to the table, as you said, guarding all positions. So yeah, no one's questioning his credentials. I just go back to It's weird because it sometimes turns into it feels like you're saying Draymond is not valuable if you say he's not the most valuable. And that's clearly not the takeaway. That's not the the argument I'm making. But I look at this and I say, well, although Draymond was very valuable, he's not winning league MVP. No. He's not doing that. No, 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 no. Steph's winning league MVPs. Of course he's the most valuable warrior on top of that. If you had taken Draymond, even in his prime, and you put him on a sub-500 team. Like, how much better is that team? A little bit. If you put Steph Curry on a sub-500 team, how much better is that team? I think they're a bit better. All Not by I, leaps and bounds, but he's the better individual player. But, and just like if you take Steph off the uh, off the uh, the team, they don't win those championships. If Draymond's not there, they don't win those. They don't. Right. Well, you can say that with a couple of guys. Yeah, I'd but, say the but same I, but thing I'm saying, Steph. like, when you have the flash and you have the shooting ability, this is pre uh, Clave really focusing in on defense. He's been he's become a much better defensive player, a wing defender uh, than he was in the early championship for uh, um, for um, Golden State. Mm-hmm. So Draymond was the guy. He was the engine, the the oil that made the engine go. He I, certainly just, was. That's yeah, just but, what it was. I mean, he was averaging the triple. I mean, I mean, not averaging, but he was the only one getting triple doubles. Like he was up outside of Westbrook and Harden. He was like third in triple doubles from the four, which is crazy. It is crazy, but he's not winning league MVP. No, we're not talking. Not, not winning no, finals look, MVP. Like, like what I said was, we're, we're not talking about that aspect of it. Like, yeah, he's not. He's not scoring 40. He's not right. scoring 30 a game. Yeah. But what he would get you work. is 15, yeah. 17, and yeah. 12. Which you need, which is very valuable. You you definitely need that. And so, you know, I, I just – he doesn't – he they don't win those championships with, without Draymond and his uh, his unselfishness. That, like that's, that, that's huge. That was but, huge. Yeah, but he – look. They don't Steph, win it without Steph either. Of course. He's the MVP. He was the greatest shooter yeah. of, uh, in NBA history. Yeah, but that's not it. That's not even like that's that's a no brainer, right? Like that's yeah. of course not. He's the greatest shooter in NBA history, right? A- and not just a shooter, right? He can put it on the floor. He can create for himself. Yeah, he can, but that's not what his specialty is. No, that's not what he. Yeah, that's not what he excels at. But he's got great handles, right? Like he can attack the rack. Also, it's not what he's known for. But I'm just saying. He's not just a shooter, and that's the only trick in his in his bag right there, you know? Uh, but in any event, the Warriors need Draymond back. Coming up next, two stories, big deal or no deal?
Ah, uh, yes. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday evening, everybody. Brian No and Ephraim Salam with you here on Fox Sports Radio. So we'll get to a couple of stories. Are they big deals, no deals, maybe a medium deal? But the biggest story in the sports world right now, big man, is Coach K, his home finale. Duke loses to arch rival North Carolina, and there's a ceremony as Steve DeSager, he just played the audio in his update. There's a a post-game ceremony, and Coach K grabs the mic. It was unplanned, impromptu. He grabs the mic, and he says, I'm sorry. And people start to kind of cheer. He's like, no, 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 just please, be quiet. I'm sorry. That was unacceptable. And what a scene, huh? This is unbelievable. 96 former Duke players on hand to honor Coach K, and it ends up in a 13-point Duke loss to North Carolina, and you've got Coach K in the postgame apologizing to the home fans. That's a wild scene right there. That is a wild scene, but that's just class personified. Right? He's like, look, uh-uh. I didn't come up here and put my best foot forward. Last home game or not, I need to be better. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. Right? And And that's what that was. This is not about me. It's about us and me having these guys ready to play, and I didn't do that, so I'm sorry. Got to respect that. Yeah, got to. Now, this has been floating around Twitter. Curious what you think about this. Some people are saying that Duke losing to North Carolina, Coach K's final home game, this is worse than losing in the NCAA tournament. It's more memorable. It stings Worse? What do you make of that? No, because if you win a championship this year for his last year, then no one cares he lost his first home game. I mean, his last home game. No one cares. So, no, this is not worse. Mm -hmm. You get all the way to the championship and you win the championship, no one cares about this game that just happened today because you go out as a champion. Yeah, well, that's the only way it would. Uh, yeah, it would make it moot, if you will, right? Like you got to win it all now. Um, yeah, that's a tough one right there. Tough one. A uh, lot of talented teams in the tournament. Obviously, Duke's got a shot. They've got a lot of talent, and I do. I think the loss, as bad as it was today, I think it makes them more dangerous come tournament time, because all these players they're going to want to right those wrongs. <laughs> they, this loss stings. And they want to do right by Coach K in his final season. They don't want to be remembered as the team that let him down. No, you twice. won a championship. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. All, all is forgiven. Yeah, definitely it is. Because now you get to put him on your shoulders, carry him off the court for the last time ever as a champion. Yeah. I just think that my initial reaction is, no, it's not worse than a tournament loss because you're competing for a championship there. But the more I think of this, big man – Duke has lost, like, Coach K has won five championships, which is amazing. But they haven't won championships most of the time. You know, and you can go year after year after year unless you are a college basketball junkie or you happen to be a Duke fan or a rabid hater. You're not going to be be able to remember, hey, who did they lose to in the tournament five years ago, right? Like, who did they lose to ten years ago? I think you're always going to remember this home finale with them getting dump trucked by North Carolina. I'm not going to forget about this anytime soon. No, you know? no, you won't. You won't. The only way to erase it is what? You got to win it all. That's it. 
That's 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 it. That's the only that's the only way. And yeah. if you don't, this will be part of the history. Yeah, that's where I can understand the argument that it's worse than a tournament loss because it is more memorable than most of their tournament losses. They've had a handful of them where it's just like, oh, yeah, that's right. That year they did lose to such and such team. or You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that one year it was Lehigh. I got it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, but this one, man, it is memorable. No doubt. 96 former Duke players on hand to honor him. Yeah, $50,000 tickets. Woo! Seinfeld yeah. was there. He was laughing. Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, made Jerry Seinfeld laugh. How about that? By the way, how about Kyler Murray being there and the Arizona Cardinals extending both their GM and head coaches through 2027 <laughs> while, while Kyler Murray is trying to get an extension himself? No, that's not going to happen. What do you think? I, I agree with you. I think this is a prove-it year. This is, hey. Yeah, come on, man. Broke. You, you want to ask for an extension off of what we – off yeah. the year, you, you no, come no. on, man. No, but what do you make of the organization extending Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime through twenty seven? They're letting him know, hey, you, you know what I mean? Like these guys aren't going anywhere, man. That I, I would love uh, off the record, Kyler Murray on that. Hey, Kyler, what do you think about them not them dragging their heels? I don't know if we want to extend you, but we're going to they're, extend. They're not Steve dragging. Kyle they're not dragging their heels. For him to think he's going to get an extension two years out yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. And you, when you look at when you look at guys like remember Jared Goff got extended, and yeah, he came off the Super Bowl. Yeah. He just come from the Super Bowl. Josh Allen was an MVP runner-up the year before he got extended. Right. So settle down. <laughs> you got a lot of work to do, young man. Yeah. Drop the ego and the conceit and all of that. Get into the lab. Get yourself healthy and get ready to go. Ball out. Make a deep playoff run. They'll back the building up to pay you. Yeah. That's it. By the way, this is the audio. I just love this. Coach K addressing the crowd after the home loss, his final home game ever at Cameron Indoor, and there's a post-game ceremony, and he stops the ceremony to apologize. Check this out. This isn't part of the program. This is impromptu by me. I'm sorry about this afternoon. That No, please. No, please, everyone be quiet. Let me just say, it's unacceptable. Today was unacceptable, but the season has been very acceptable. And, uh, That's cool, man. Love that. I love that, too. Love that. He said, no, no, no. But how how about this? You want to talk about crowd control. He said, no, 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 be quiet. Be quiet. And they were like, oh, okay. You can hear a (laughs) pin drop. You can. (laughs) It's not even that quiet at a funeral. It's not even that quiet during the national anthem. Somebody's always like, yeah. Yeah. He was like, no, 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 be quiet. Zip. Nothing. Pin drop. That's like being in Big Mama house, and she's like, "Y'all shut up now." You're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Don't make me come in there. Yeah, she means business. Um, but that shows you what a true tone setter means. You know, there is a standard at Duke, and certainly 
the players. Coach K would be the first one to tell you this. It's about the players. They've had great, great players over the years. But who's the guy calling the shots and setting the tone? It's Coach K. He could easily have said, hey, you know, sorry we didn't get it done. We tried. We fought. He's like, no excuses. Not acceptable. And that's the tone he set for over four decades. That's why he's one of the greatest. Absolutely it is. Now, here are a couple of stories, big man. Um, getting a lot of traction. I'm curious if you think that they are anywhere between a big deal, no deal, medium deal. So how about this? I love this story. Evan McPherson, he's the Bengals kicker. The Bengals special teams coordinator this week, he came out and said that it's a sore subject that McPherson was on the bench during the Super Bowl halftime show. He went out and was just sitting on the bench watching the show. Not in the locker room, not with his team. So the special teams coordinator says, yeah, it's a bit of a a sore subject right there. What do you make of that McPherson being on the sidelines soaking in the Super Bowl halftime show? Um, The kickers normally go out earlier than anybody else. You got to realize the adjustments and all that going on in in the halftime had zero to do with the kickers. True. Zero. They talked to their coach for about three minutes – and it's over. So they're normally coming out of the locker room well before the team to kick and, and to get ready. Mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with it at all because the guys in the locker room probably didn't even know he was missing. Yeah. Right? That's the dynamic. Like, you, it, that, that's just – it's part of it. Right? I hear what you're saying. The way I look at this is look at that final drive by the Bengals. Okay, if Aaron Donald doesn't make that play, the Bengals are about eight, ten yards away from field goal range. Let's just say they sneak into field goal range and McPherson misses that game tying kick. What's everybody talking about? Which he hadn't. Which he hadn't. He was perfect. Which which he hadn't. So, right. I I mean, that's it. But but I'm just saying. Yeah, I I get it. What's the takeaway if he misses and it it goes right back to, bro, you weren't focused. Whether this is true or not, he could have just missed the kick. But it goes right back to you weren't a good teammate. You weren't in the locker. You weren't focused. You weren't, people are often running if that's the way it. Yeah, unfolds. but I know. But that's that. That's the way. I, I mean, I don't see it that way. Like if if he would have missed that kick, I for whatever reason, I couldn't foresee because he was lights out. That's the kicker you want. You want that guy, and whatever that means, if he hanging out, if he whatever he's doing, let him do his thing. Because he was he was perfect. Yeah. I'm on the opposite side of you, big man. And look, you played in the NFL for 13 years. No I one know cares. It's the kicker, man. No one cares. I, I, the special teams coordinator cares. He didn't. He only cared because people were talking about it. If no one mentioned it or said anything about it, he wouldn't say anything. If they didn't ask him the question, he wasn't going to. You know, be forthright with. He doesn't care. He could have easily. Why would he say he cares if Beca- he doesn't? Because it matters, right? Like optics. Oh, they don't care if the player does block. It, look, man, he was sitting out there. He was enjoying the show. It, it was what it was, but it wasn't anything. Like I said, he would have been out there at that time anyway. Yeah. He went but... out to kick early. They're having a concert. What is he supposed to do? Go back in the locker room? He's just. Uh... Hanging out, watching the show. He's yeah, not because he went out to go kick. The whole field was a stage. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no reason for him to be out there other than watching the yeah, show. Yeah, but 
so what what happens is like um uh, every everything in the NFL is routine right everything is is the same so you go in at halftime the same time every game mm-hmm. you leave the locker room to go do your thing right that's just what it is it's routine you've been doing it forever he's been doing it the whole year like that so he got up and left after his coach talked to him for two minutes. He maybe had some orange slices or something like that and went out and was getting ready to prepare. They're having a concert. He sits down on the bench. I'm but that's the same thing for the team, right? Like, yeah, but that's kid, an extended halftime. You're normally out earlier. Yeah, but while he's out there, they're in there going over strategy. Right, and he doesn't need to. He yeah. does, they got, yeah. they, no one has anything to say to him. I don't like the look. Uh-huh. I think it's a bad look. I, I, th- I think it. Seriously, I think for it, a kicker, like if he was like iffy, wishy washy, yeah. right? Kicking around 30%, 50%. Sometimes it makes him, sometimes he don't. No, he was perfect. He was 100% in the playoffs, and they had some big close games, and he stepped up every time. He, he did, but yeah, I go, think it go on, looks boy, like. Go on, it, do your thing. It looks like something it isn't. It, it, because it's not it, that. It, I know. It's, it's definitely I not know that. I know it's not that. But. To some, it's going to look like. Ah, it who is. cares? As long as this kid I, keeps kicking, I, I promise you, no one was going to care. I, I don't know, man. It's I not going to be a big you. deal it, going it, forward. It's, it's, it's just make it, the kicks. It will not be playoffs. a big deal. He didn't miss any of them, and that's the only thing that really, and that's, truly, that's matters. all you can ask of a kicker. You can't ask him to go to the meet, the offensive, defensive meetings. You can't ask him to, you know, tackle or, or you. you all you can ask him to do is make the kicks. And yeah. when he's doing that, you do whatever you want. Yeah, the special teams coordinator didn't see it that way. I promise you he did. I promise I, you. I, I promise that, you he did. It doesn't make sense to just be like, oh, I got to act like it matters because, yeah. you know? No, he was like, yo. He you know, just it, sidestepped all of that. What, what did he say? What did he say? What is, what are his, what he was just his said exa- it was a sore subject. There we go. A sore subject. Yeah. Which means he was been like, hey, you know, on TV, they, they caught you out there watching. You, you know, you should have. That's it. That's the sore subject. That's not like, oh my god, I can't believe. <laughs> that was it. It's over. I he was like, just like, coach, I went out early. They had the stage out there, so I just sat down. Okay, boom. We, they're not even going to talk about it ever again. Yeah, I just think that. Look, there are some times in life where some people will have the incorrect takeaway, and you do have a role in them thinking something that's wrong. If you show up to your job interview and flip flops. The hiring manager might think you're lazy, you're, you're not professional. That might not be true at all. It depends on if you're going to, to be a lifeguard. <laughs> that's real, really? That's <laughs> Perspective is everything. No, I mean, it, it, depends. it depends on what job you're trying to go get. Really? Okay. If you go in with if a you suntan go, lotion look, that has But I been... tell you this, if you go in to be a lifeguard with three-piece suit on, they're going to be like, uh, this is not the, this is not the one. But you understand what I'm saying. I'm just saying, man. Sometimes people think the wrong thing, and you have something to do with that. If someone thought, hey, Evan McPherson, not locked in, not ready, not focused, not a team guy. I think all of those things are untrue. But if anybody thinks that, he's got a role in them thinking that. Flip-flops and tank tops. (laughs) Okay, we got uh, quarterbacks in the news. We got to get to the QBs right around the corner. By the way, I do want to remind you, hiring heating up Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates 
on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. All right, coming up next, two quarterbacks, one argument that uh, might not make sense to you, but I personally think there's something to it. We'll dive in. I'm Brian No, He's E from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, He's E from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. So one of the hot topics this week, Kenny Pickett, the Pitt quarterback, and his tiny hands. He's got small hands, eight-and-a-half-inch hands. That would be the smallest hand size of any starting quarterback in the NFL. And I'm curious where you uh, stand on this one, big man. If you think this is, uh, this is a big deal, it's a non-issue, or somewhere in between. What do you think about this? Well, here? you got to be able to secure the ball. Yeah. So I, it is a big deal. And you got to think about inclement weather. Do you draft somebody if you're playing at a place where it does get wet, it does get slippery, you are outside? All of that matters. When that defensive uh, end comes around and he swipes at that arm, is that ball going to pop up? These are real things that happen. Yeah. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger very rarely lost fumbles because he had big mitts, right? It's like, can you – it's all about ball security. Now, you can overcome that by being extra vigilant with the ball, but, you know, measurables matter. They're not everything, but they matter. Yeah, that's, I don't know why we deal in extremes. It seems like that more and more, where either something is a huge deal, maybe the biggest deal arguably ever, or it's a non-issue whatsoever, and why are we wasting our time talking about this? I think the hand size is somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Like You can't tell me it's a non-issue. You've got the smallest, he's got tiny hands. And yeah, it might be raining a game or two. Or 50 in his NFL career. You know, it could matter. <laughs> it's like, could be snowing sideways. Like, yeah, ball security is a big deal. So to make this out to be a non-issue, I think, is silly. I think it's also silly to make it the biggest deal ever. I think it's somewhere in between. I don't know why we seem to have a problem with just dealing with the middle ground. A lot of times that's the most sensible area to be in. I think this storyline is just that. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, the 40 isn't everything. The vertical, the broad jump. Yeah. Those things aren't everything, but they matter. Sure. Now, he can overcome that if he's, you know, when they when they throw, he's, you know, accurate. All of those things, that's, that's everything. Right? Like, what do you do to overcome your weaknesses or your shortcomings? Mm-hmm. Right? He's not the fastest, but from he's sideline to sideline. His agility is off the charts. Or Tom Brady, right? right? He wasn't really – He wasn't the anything. He wasn't a great was, athlete at all, no. but he made up for it. He could throw the hell out His of the His body football. looked like it was just made of, of meat and hair. Yeah. Sort of like uh, like Silly Putty or something. I don't know. <laughs> A silly putty body, but yeah, he made up for that. Remember Mr. Bill? I don't. Oh, no. The little clay doll, Mr. <laughs> Bill? I don't remember Mr. Bill. Wow. I'm sorry. He was always getting you know. smashed at the end of the episode. <laughs> that, oh, that's no. Tom Brady. <laughs> but, uh, like, to your point, h- how do you make up for smaller hands? Kenny Pickett was throwing at the combine with a glove on. 
right? He had gloves. Maybe that's the way he does it, but I think there are going to be certain times where it's going to be very, very difficult to make up for your shortcomings. Jared Goff is a guy who has small hands, and he's had problems. Going back to his days in Cal, there were some bad weather games, and he's fumbling the ball all over the place. You had Kenny Pickett, whether he's wearing gloves or not, he fumbled 26 times in college and lost 12 of those fumbles. Like That's a decent amount of fumbling in college. Yeah, that's that's a problem. And, you know, whether he sees it as a problem or not, it is. Ball security is everything at the quarterback position. And if you have small hands, you have to be hypervigilant. You have to make sure you tuck that ball. Yeah. You have to make sure you have a grip on it. If not, you know, that negative becomes a, a big deal. Yeah, we talked about that a lot with Daniel Jones, the Giants quarterback. He's had a lot of fumbling issues. Brady Quinn made a great point. Oh, I was doing the show with him years ago where we talk about interceptions all the time, and it's obviously a big deal. And we casually talk about quarterbacks who fumble. And he's like, a turnover is a turnover, man. Like you, you got to protect the ball. And granted, if the left tackle doesn't block his guy at all and the defensive end just has a free path to the quarterback, yeah, it's going to be really difficult at times. But there are plenty of times where quarterbacks fumble. They shouldn't have. It was more their fault than anybody's. And we just kind of shrug our shoulders about that. We shouldn't do that at all. A turnover is a turnover. Yeah, it <laughs> – that was a big thing with Jameis Winston. Not only were they, they had the interceptions, but he also was turning the ball over. Yeah. That matters. You know, ball, and that's ball why... security is everything. That's why we're blessed. When you talk about turnovers, that's something we don't have to worry about Mm-mm. here. Ball security, check. Turnovers, <laughs> not even a worry. No dead air, check. That's right. Because <laughs> we have a man, what did you call it? Hypervigilant? Hypervigilant. That is a great description of our friend of America, Mr. Steve DeSager. I have an example, gentlemen, of a turnover that I came across in a news story that, you know, in the sports world as well as outside the sports world, a lot of support in many ways for Ukraine these days, including college football announcer Chris Fowler last night tweeting a photo that he saw of a bridge in Memphis lit up in Ukraine's colors, the yellow and blue. Desmond Howard saw the tweet from the University of Michigan and tweeted in response, go blue. I'm not kidding. It has since been deleted. Needless to say, there have been uh, a fair amount of reactions to that. Everything from this is idiotic, even by Desmond Howard standards, to read the room, dude, in the NHL at the game at San Jose before tonight's contest, for example. They played the Ukrainian national anthem. Although Desmond probably mistook it for some European version of the Michigan fight song, but nonetheless, it was an odd, odd story. That would be, in football terms, I believe, a fumble for Desmond Howard to the NBA scoreboard because we've got the Lakers at home and trailing the Golden State Warriors 56-44 with about four minutes to go in the first half. LeBron James, 19 points. Meanwhile, the top two in the East are battling tonight at Miami. Third quarter, the Heat up 58-53 over Philadelphia. Joel Embiid just three of 12 shooting, 12 points, 10 rebounds, but his team is only down five. Minnesota leads Portland in the third, 75-71, and the Grizzlies are up big 
Mariano Orlando in the third, 85-62. Earlier, Charlotte and Dallas got home victories, and for Dallas, that was without Luka Doncic, out with a sprained toe. 114-113 over Sacramento, Spencer Dinwiddie with 36 points. Baseball's labor negotiations resume tomorrow. NASCAR's in Las Vegas tomorrow on Fox TV. The Xfinity race was tonight on FS1, won by Ty Gibbs, age 19, grandson of Joe Gibbs. And in college basketball, yes, North Carolina won at rival Duke, which was ranked fourth in the country this week. In fact, North Carolina was down by nine points late first half, still won the game 94-81 in Coach K's final home game after 42 seasons. Would have been a nice little payday in-game money line. North Carolina trailing by nine, Steve. (laughs) So we might be at Lent and what you discussed earlier, but thinking that way, apparently that just comes like breathing to you. Yeah, There's no other way to think about sports at all with you. Sixth-ranked Kansas in overtime beat Texas. Eighth-ranked Purdue edged Indiana by two. Oklahoma State upset number 12, Texas. And we do have some conference tournaments going on. In fact, a conference final tonight in the Ohio Valley. Number 22-ranked Murray State is trailing 36-34 to Moorhead State early in the second half. This is a Murray State team that's not only ranked. They went 18-0 in conference in the regular season. Back to you. Thank you, Steve. Brian No, Andy from Salam with you here on Fox Sports Radio. So some people are looking at the Packers organization sideways, big man, because they don't think they're laying down the law with one Aaron Rodgers, which I think would be idiotic. Now, a couple of the comments during the combine this week uh, raised a couple of eyebrows. This is Goody, right? Our guy, the Packers GM, Brian Gutekunst. He was talking about hoping to have a decision by Rodgers. Check this out. Uh, I would hope so, yeah. I think that's an obviously um, start of the new league year. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made before that. So that would be, that would be helpful. But, um, you know, I would, I would think we would know something before then. Okay, so he's got fingers crossed. Hopefully we know something by March 16th. Kind of have roster decisions to, to make over here. So hopefully that works out. Now you also have the Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur, weighing in on Aaron Rodgers' process of figuring out who he wants to play for next season. Check this out. You always want to be respectful because I'm, I know it's a lot to take on. He's got a lot to think about, and certainly I, I'm making sure that I consistently communicate with him. also want to be respectful of, of his time and the process that he has to go through. Okay. Some people think this sounds weak, big man. Well, I think it sounds weak. I think it does too, but it's needed. It's yeah, necessary. Yeah, because he's, you know... He has the responses of a child, right? Whenever he feels, oh, you know, you yeah. never know what, what's going to happen. He I think it's, I think he it's just like, like something coaching. you say. I yeah. mean, he's going to hold gonna, you hostage. Yeah, he's going to hold a grudge. He's going to get petty. The last Very thing petty. you should do is say, we need to know right now, jackass. What's it going to be? Like, he's not going to respond to that. I think it's like coaching. There are some players where you can dog cuss them and they're going to respond to that favorably, right? They're going to be heated. They're going to be locked in. There are other players, they go into a shell. You got to know which buttons to push. And Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to respond to that bad cop type stuff. It's not to be the worst approach you could take. No, he, he he's not. But I, I would just be like, look, man, we got to make a decision. We need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, free agency starts next week. Yeah. Well, it's got to be soon, right? We've got the new league year beginning March 16th. So possibly this next week. 
You think we hear something from Aaron Rodgers by, I don't know, Thursday, Friday, where he's going to play next Probably year? Probably not. You don't think so? No. Okay, if March 16th is the beginning of the new league year, what's the date you think we hear something from Aaron Rodgers? He's either committing to the Packers or he's Probably wanting to the go elsewhere. 15th. Right before? Yep. Yeah, the legal tampering period is just before the 16th. So I, I think you need to know even before that, preferably. Well, yeah, you would like to. Yeah. Man, this sounds like the makings of a candy bar bet, too. Too bad. Well, can't do it. Too bad. It's not going to work out. Now, this is also this is from Ian Rappaport during the Combine. He was talking about potential landing spots for Aaron Rodgers. He said that he is truly torn. That was the catchphrase. Truly torn. I like truly torn about whether to return to the Packers or go elsewhere. And so the question then became, well, if it's not the Packers, who might it be? Here's what Rappaport had to say. Ever since the Aaron Rodgers rumors started, uh, the Denver Broncos has always been the potential trade location. I'm not saying anything is happening there right now. It doesn't seem like the, uh, it doesn't seem like the Packers have entertained any trade thoughts at all. But in Rodgers' mind, if he was not in Green Bay, it seems that would be the other spot he'd want to be. I'm rooting against the Broncos, big man. I'm just going to be honest. I hate that they were passive. I hate that they played it safe last year. They could have drafted Justin Fields. They could have drafted Mac Jones. Both quarterbacks are better prospects than anybody in this season's draft. But they played it safe. They're like, let's go with Teddy Bridgewater. And I would hate for them to somehow find themselves with Aaron Rodgers saying, I want to be in Denver. I don't want them to profit off of being weak scared pansies last year. I want them to pay the price for that. You can call me petty or what. I don't You're care. Petty. That's, that's the truth. Well, as, I a, want former, them... as a former Bronco, I, I, I hope they get the quarterback they need. <laughs> I don't. I, I want aggressive teams that take bold risks to get glory. You know, I don't want these, ah, that sounds a little risky. We've been burned before picking the wrong quarterback. Like, now ah, weak. I don't want them to somehow find themselves with Aaron Rodgers. Don't want it to happen. Petty. Hey, so be it. King of the petty. Hey, I'm I'm proud being petty on this one, man. I I hate the Broncos. Borderline hating. Hey, it's this the truth. It's the truth. But you you might not agree with that, but I, I think that you're along a similar mindset. I like I'm not a Chiefs fan. I love that the Chiefs were bold. They could have played it safe and said, we've got Alex Smith. He's serviceable. We're winning a bunch of games. They said, no, let's trade up. Let's take a swing at Patrick Mahomes, and it paid off beautifully. Yeah, I love that. Home run. Yeah. I like teams that take risks getting rewarded. And the weak Broncos over here, I don't want to see them get rewarded. I don't. I want to see Aaron Rodgers stay put, or if he goes elsewhere, just not in Denver. And I want them to have a sucky quarterback situation for 2022. And then I'll change my stance when they finally do get aggressive. Until then, anti-Broncos. That's where I'm at. Yeah. That whining. Get out of here, man. <laughs> That's the this truth. Is a whiner. It's the absolute <laughs> truth, man.
You just want to go against me. There's just something in nah, you. Nah, I like the Broncos, man. I had a, a, a great time there. Love the fans. Great fans. Well, you should be on board with me. Nah, they you got should want to see them be aggressive and do what it takes to put themselves in a position to win. They got an opportunity to get a, uh, you know, big time quarterback. That'd be great for the, the NFL. Hey, by the way, are you having, gonna be watching having Aaron Rodgers and and Patrick Mahomes in the same division? Yeah, that would be pretty good. With for Justin Herbert? Are you kidding me? Yeah, but it'd be good for the Broncos, so I'm against it. Oh. I'm dead set against it. <laughs> 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 you could be watching Winning Time on HBO, the Lakers. Series. Oh, I can't wait! Yeah, you that's about the that? only thing Laker I want to watch. Man, I can't wait, bro. Play some defense. It's we, terrible. Got, it's terrible. Golden it, State I, has sixty-seven points, and we've got about a minute left in the second quarter. This is what I'm talking about, man. Like it's like, gosh, ugh, it's very difficult to watch. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. all right, Look, they, they they play well. In the first quarter, what did I say? Second quarter, 24 points. They've given up 42. 42 and a quarter. Yes. That's what I'm talking about, man. It's just it's ridiculous. It is. It's pathetic. And this is a Warriors team that hasn't been playing good basketball lately. It'd be one thing if they were just scorching hot. They've lost six of eight. <laughs> They're giving them the business today, you know? Ugh. Got to do better. Got to do better. All right, we'll close it down in style. Got a handful of audio cuts that I think are pretty interesting. We'll throw them at you. I'm Brian No, He's he from Salam. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, He's he from Salam here on Fox Sports Radio. So the Lakers' rock bottom would be 11th place, right? No chance Correct. for the play-in. Got it. Right now, we actually have the uh, the Blazers are knotted up with the Timberwolves, 91 apiece. And the only reason I bring that up is because of the standings, big man. Like, you could have, if that held up, you would have the Blazers gain a game on the Lakers. If the Blazers win, Lakers lose. So if that were to happen, the Lakers would be a step closer to 11th place. We'll yeah, see how the it's, second it's, half goes. We're getting closer and closer to rock bottom. Oh. Rock bottom. It's insane what's going oh, on here, man. Ridiculous, man. I t- I'm telling you, I thought the Lakers have hit rock bottom six different times this season. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 there's more. It gets deeper. And tonight, it, they're not out of it. What are they down by? Five? They made a little push before halftime? Yeah, a little bit. But giving up 67 points and a half. They're going to come out the second half and, you know, be the Lakers that we've seen and (laughs) we've grown to know this year. The crazy thing is they're not going to go O for the rest of the season. They're going to win some games, but. Maybe they're trying to get into the lottery. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. It seems like. Crazy what's going on here. Hey, if cold calling, if cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. Okay, I'm going to throw some audio at you here, big man. Curious what you think about this. John Lynch, the 49ers GM, he was a guest on Good Morning Football. 
Here's what he had to say about their current quarterback, Trey Lance. Check this out. I think he's just got that makeup that the great ones do. We can only hope he can be Patrick Mahomes or anything close to that. And, uh, you know, he's going to get his chance to go show that. Okay. Now, is it just me? I can understand fully why San Francisco hopes and prays that Trey Lance turns into Patrick Mahomes for obvious reasons. But to throw that out publicly, you know, when this dude started two games they're entertaining thoughts of maybe bringing Jimmy G back because he's not fur- further along in his development, Trey Lance. Right? Like, do you think it might make more sense to just not throw out Mahomes' name? <laughs> this dude's just trying to get no, because his you, bearings you, in the NFL? No, because you want him to aspire to that. Okay, you're good with it. Absolutely. I had vibes of – I know you remember this as a Laker fan. Remember when Lonzo Ball oh was drafted? God. Yeah. And Magic said, "See all those retired numbers you're over there." You're gonna be up there too. That's way yeah, too that's much. Yeah, that's where pressure. you're gonna be. It's like uh, way too much. That was bad. <laughs> it was no, really this is, bad. this is this is different because he still has time to grow. Right, Lonzo was threw into the fire, and it was too hot for him. Mm-hmm. He was. He's not his brother. His brother loved relishes those moments. Lamelo, he's been sensational. He's an all star. He's out of control. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, you know, he, he he just, you know, it took some time. It took some time. He's playing extremely well for the Bulls now when he's healthy. I'll tell you what, we have all this um, speculation of which quarterback's going to go where. Is Aaron Rodgers going here? What about Deshaun Watson? All that stuff. And that's interesting, but Trey Lance, I think he's one of the more interesting quarterbacks mm-hmm. in 2022. Is he the starter? How good is he? It wasn't that long ago. I thought these arguments were silly at the time. I think they're sillier now. You heard many people saying, hey, when Trey Lance takes over for Jimmy G in 2021, it'll unlock the full potential of Kyle Shanahan's playbook. <laughs> right? Like A lot of people yeah. thought that. And that's not the way it played out in year one. We'll see what happens year two. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, just having a, uh, a Uber... Uh, athletic and talented quarterback in that offense, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If if he's got the passing stuff down, right? That's a whole bear. But yeah, if he's a, a good passer mixed with that athleticism, yeah, you can see why the Niners were captivated by the guy. But he's got to make huge strides in the passing game. Now, how about this, Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona Cardinals head coach? He was on the Pat McAfee show. And he he talked uh, about potentially going back to college, gave an interesting answer. Check this out. I tell everybody, and I'm not just making this up, I would do anything before I went back to that. Like, I would do any job. Yeah, it's full time now with the social media, and you're either tweeting, calling, FaceTiming, and there's, like, this constant anxiety because if you're not doing it, the university down the street is, you know, and it just never goes away. So this part, when you're done with the football, you're done. You go live your life. College, it just never goes away. Wow, right? It's interesting to hear him say that because you hear this of uh, there's more job security in college. You can have the uh, the top recruiting class each year in college. Certainly can't do that in the NFL if you're coming off a successful season, right? So you typically hear the positives talked about more than the negatives of being a college coach, but Cliff Kingsbury sees it a lot differently. Yeah, it, it's too much now, It, it you know. You you have to, you know, pacify. You have to engage. It's just crazy, man. Yeah. 
Extended through 2027. Cliff mm-hmm. Kingsbury. He's locked in. Locked in, man. Whether Absolutely. Kyler Murray's going to be their quarterback or not. <laughs> we don't know. We'll find out. We'll see. Good show. Good show, man. Good hanging with you, big man. Good luck to your Lakers. If they don't get it done, nine games under 500.